Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where I, for the for the time being, drink whiskey with someone else. So we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should, and you probably are, and that's why we like you. This is a very special episode of uh, Chill Filtered this week. Before we get into the business, I just wanted to address, yes, Robbie is not in this episode, and Robbie won't be in a few episodes to come. So, um, you know, uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, really happy for Robbie and the decisions he's making. Uh, but it kind of sucks in the meantime. Luckily, this week we have a guest, uh, and he is a whiskey maker, and he's a founder of a great whiskey company, or at least I've heard. Haven't sipped this bottle yet. Uh, but before I get into any of that stuff, let's get into some business. Great way to uh, support us this week is to uh, hit us up on Instagram. We've got a lot of people hit us up on Instagram this week, and we appreciate uh, all the words, uh, especially regarding Robbie and the transition we're going through. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to be transitioning a little more in the future. So, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, but I think that's the business for this week. So support us in that way. If you can hit us up on Instagram and, um, but yeah, like I said, this week, I'm about to bring them on. I have a very special guest. Uh, let me, let me even just, before I bring him on, tell him or tell the world, uh, what I know about, uh, this whiskey, this whiskey is called found North. And I've only heard of it through two of our listeners thus far. And then I've started to follow this uh, YouTube channel. I forget what it's called, but uh, I'm hearing great things about this whiskey. Uh, ben Klepsig drank it. He said it was amazing. Uh, uh, Brian Rapp said, I need to get a hold of one of these bottles. So I had to reach out and we're going to bring them on now. We got Nick Taylor from Found North. How you doing, Nick? Hey, what's up, Cole? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Totally. I uh, like I said, I am excited to drink this. Basically, why I'm so excited is because I've heard things along the lines of from trusted people, uh, BTAC worthy, uh, top tier stuff, r- like hard to find, but it shouldn't be that hard. I think it's still on your website. Is that correct? I, I think we have a few bottles left. This this one has Perfect. been it's been going faster and faster. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. We'll talk more about the uh, the batch and stuff like that, but um. Some of the fun things I wanted to get, or you know, uh, talk about with you were, um, you know, tell me about the background of like how Found North started. It sounds like you're a whiskey fan, and uh, is it your brother who you started this with? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, launched this brand me, with my brother. Yeah, 2021 uh-huh. um, is when we is when we released the first two whiskeys. But, geez, Zach, Zach and I, our story goes way back um we we like since we were little kids wanted to start a company together um, nice we we were very close as brothers and um we just uh we loved the idea of um i don't know building something from scratch and and just getting to work together um every day it, it really is That's sweet it's really fun yeah and 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 so you know we wanted to work together forever um we actually we actually started a company in 2012 and got our teeth kicked in um not having anything to do with whiskey that's or great. alcohol or anything like well, that well that's why you know because it yeah, wasn't right? good yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> no i know exactly exactly and uh i got into i got we, we sort of split ways and i got into whiskey and uh i i got i got i just fell in love with whiskey i mean honestly nice. i was god i was like 20 23 years old when i just started absolutely digging whiskey um i started as a scotch hound really and i I, that's hard to do when you're younger yeah it it was 
it was uh, an expensive hobby and and <laughs> the the interesting thing was there were you know there were a few whiskeys that i had early on that that mm. almost completely turned me off of whiskey because they were expensive and i didn't like them oh. um and you know it was interesting at the time i was mm. reading a lot about whiskey and you know 10 10 11 years ago there wasn't like this really informative online community the where there the way there is now um, yeah. most mm. of the most of the information on whiskey was absolute nonsense literally yeah, mostly like, written by the distillery okay. itself saying this is yeah, the best yeah by the marketing team you know who doesn't yeah, exactly. know anything about the production um mm -hmm. and so that was one of the main reasons i got really interested in it because um i started to discover that what what, what i was being told was the the sort of the driving factors in how the whiskey tasted and uh -huh. what the actual driving factors were, were way, way far apart. And, yeah. uh, I, I went right to the source. I went to Scotland. Um, I was too young to rent a car. So I, nice. hitchhiked. I hitchhiked Scotland. I went to 40 distilleries in 30 days. Are and you kidding me? I, I just, I pretended I was a whiskey writer. Um, yeah, and yeah. I got invited in. I mean, I just walked around and was like, yeah, I'm starting a blog, you know, I'd really yeah. love to learn about your process and where, you know, and, uh, and I learned so much. I mean, I, I learned so much and it just, from there, it was like, I gotta be, I gotta be in this business. I'm fascinated it. by it. Um, I got, I got back to Boston where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, I joined a, a really lovely, uh, chain of retailers in Massachusetts called Gordon's as their okay. whiskey buyer. Um, nice. and it, it really, it, it, it was so much fun. It was a fun couple of years. And then I told my brother, I was like, Hey, let's try this again, you know? Nice. Um, and so we, we, uh, we started a company doing like a lot of brand education stuff, really like just okay. trying to teach people about whiskey, um, and getting hired by a bunch of different scotch brands and actually eventually nice. like gin and rum and Armagnac and all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. to, to, uh, teach people about, uh, how, how the, the whiskey's made and how it actually affects the flavor. Um, mm -hmm. and we kind of, we, we kind of were chugging along doing that. We got an import license and then COVID hit and oh, it was right. like, we lost every single one of our contracts overnight. You Everyone. Know? It, wow. All of, uh, we had no contract cause we couldn't go into wow. stores yeah. and do tastings. We couldn't do any sales. We couldn't do anything. Uh, uh -huh. might've been and, a good pivot from where I'm seeing this it, conversation going. And so we, we were sitting there and we were like, shit, we've been doing this for three years. Um, yeah. And the dream was always to launch a brand, not sell other people's whiskey. Uh, totally. As much as it was like a great way to kind of get into whiskey, um, mm -hmm. get, get our get our feet in the door, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we Zach and I had a really serious conversation in, in like April of 2020, right? When COVID was like, mm -hmm. oh crap, this is real. Yeah. Um, and we said, what going away soon. yeah, this isn't going away. And we, we had a little bit of, we had a little bit of money. Um, mm -hmm. we had enough, uh, enough to, to sort of survive on and maybe enough to buy a, a small amount of whiskey. Um, yes. but we knew we had about a year. Um, mm -hmm. and so, so we were sitting there and we're like, could we launch a brand in a year? Um, or do we just close up shop and go yeah. on to the next thing? You know, it's yeah. like, that's really where we were. And, uh, at the time, we had been looking 
everywhere for whiskey. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Like Scotland, Kentucky, Indiana, Japan. I've been to every distillery in Japan asking if they have whiskey. To no sell. way. Uh, like Poland. I'm not kidding. Oh, wow. like, literally every. We looked at Armagnac. We looked at rum once we couldn't mm-hmm. find good whiskey. But Zach had just been at, at Whiskey Live in Paris, which is, I think, mm-hmm. the best whiskey show in the world. And Oh, that's cool. And, and he was... He was there and and um, he was meeting with some of the producers um, actually from Canada. And they started telling us about some of the whiskeys they had available for sale. And it was it was great. They were crazy. It was like 13 year old, 15 year old, 16 year old, 18 year old, 20 year old corn, rye, wheat. Mm-hmm. We were like, really, you know, really, yeah. this is for sale. And and so. You know, as we were having this conversation, we we got samples, we got pricing, and um, you know, we we were we were always very drawn to blending, um, mm-hmm. which I'll get into in a minute. But but basically, we 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 started getting samples, and we were like, the quality here is exceptional, and the price is is absurdly reasonable, um, given yeah, these age cool. statements. Um, and so I think between finding incredible liquid at really, at, at just like at a price that's, that's, you know, I hate to make it out to be like a value proposition kind of thing, but when you go to Indiana and you're looking at four-year-old bourbon that you're going to have to sell mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars a bottle to make any money, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's like, woof, there are, yeah you know, hundreds of other brands that are doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The liquid is great, but it's not that different from one thing or another. And, yeah. and it's designed really, you know, it's not designed really to, to give the, 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 you know, the non-distilling producer like us a lot of control mm-hmm. over the final product. It makes sense. Um, yeah. Maybe so finishing, we went, maybe aging exactly, maybe a little longer. Maybe could yeah. Tweak some things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, some people do it really well. I mean, Barrel yeah. does it incredibly mm-hmm. well, right? There's totally. some people who do this kind of thing really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. But but we, you know, we were looking at this whiskey from Canada. And the first funny thing was we told them we were interested in starting a brand. And they said, what do you want it to be? We'll send you, we'll send you blends. Oh, and we're wow. like, oh, w- you know, we thought we'd blend it. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of laughed at us. They're like, oh, "You really? guys think you're gonna blend this whiskey? You know? <laughs> <laughs> How hard like, could it be? It's Canadian yeah, juice. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be that hard, you know? Yeah. And and so they were like, Let, "Let's just send you some things, and then we'll decide if you want to blend." And they would send us these blends, and the blends were pretty good, but yeah, not nearly what we wanted them to be. And totally. and you know, like. 10 percentage points away from each other so what i mean by that is like all right this one's 80 20 you know ride a corn oh, gotcha. this one's mm-hmm. you know 70 30 this one's 60 40 and we're sitting there going the these are so different you know like yeah. there might be something that's living in the middle of one of these segments yeah. that we like but but this is like so we we're like yeah these you know this one's too much this this one's too much this this one's too much this mm-hmm. and and they said, oh, all, right, all right, we'll send you some more, you know, and sent us more. Uh, I said, well, you know, some of these are there. And finally, they're like, all right, screw it. We'll we'll send you the whiskey. You blend it, nice. you know. <laughs> and wow, did we make bad whiskey for the first couple of months. Um, oh, that's great. I love really, it. It's really, really difficult. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, we eventually, I mean, we eventually uh, uh, figured it out. We, 
you know, when you're, when you're in a situation where it's like, figure it out of the company <laughs> and everything you've been working yeah. on for the last four or five years is dead. Um, mm-hmm. You figure it out. You know what I yeah, mean? Sure. Um, so we, we had a, we had a fire under our asses and, and uh, we, we ended up launching the, uh, the first two whiskeys in uh, just about a year after we, we said, and thank goodness they did well. Cause we were, we were, <laughs> we were broke. <laughs> so... Totally. Yeah. You needed something to come <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. I mean, that's so, that's the gist. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. That's I amazing. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I have so many questions. I'll start with the randomest oh, one first and then yeah. I'll dig into what you're talking about recently. Okay. First of all, before I forget, okay, we're talking scotch for a moment. Yeah. What okay, is your favorite scotch brand and maybe one of your favorite expressions? And, you know, you were working for some scotch brands, it sounds like. So you can't call them yeah. out unless they're yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. Um, so, so it's interesting the the um you know i don't know if i i've talked to a lot of people who've had this experience but i don't know if everybody Mm. um has this experience as they're getting into whiskey but for Mm. me like i liked whiskey i liked whiskey i liked whiskey one day i had a very particular whiskey and i from then on i loved whiskey ah Um, that's exactly my story you know what i mean like that's yeah, yeah that bottle back there you can see it's an eagle rare 17 it's a 2014 vintage that oh, was the yeah. bottle that was yeah, like, I'm a, I'm a whiskey fanatic now. Yeah. yeah. That'll like, do I'm it. I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, the, the stag that year was also incredible. That was the 140. I loved that, that range of stags. Incredible. 2016 is my favorite uh, stag ever. It's like 144.1 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, which yeah. one? 2014. Oh, man. 14. Yeah, uh, anyway, we can do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, the... the, the um, you know, I was reading Michael Jackson's book, um, the 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 guide to Scotch, not the. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the other Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's I was like, he wrote a book. <laughs> he wrote a book about Scotch. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's funny <laughs> to think that like the the most famous Scotch writer from you know the eighties, nineties, two thousands, Michael Jackson, right? You're like, yeah, great. Uh, but uh, I was reading it, and he was like. I read this thing and he said, um, drink the, the, the new Glendronic 15 year revival. Um, and it was the, it was wow. the Oloroso, not the one that they, yep. you know, mm-hmm. cause there was a break, right. It was the one that was exclusively yep. mm-hmm. in Oloroso because mm-hmm. they now have it in Oloroso and PX and I like it, yep. but the old one mm-hmm. that was in the Oloroso, particularly because of the, the kind of the time period where they weren't yep. making very much in Sherry. So they had to, supplement it with older and older scotches um mm-hmm. and and so you know the 14 year was really like an 18 year with like a little yeah, bit of 14 yeah. year old juice in it i mean i'm sorry 15 yep. year was like the the, the 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. of 15 year old yeah so I, at first I, I was like didn't know about that yeah but go on go on yeah yeah i i so 2000 what was it it's 1996 to 2002 they only put about 10 percent of the liquid into um sherry they were putting a lot that. of it into ex-bourbon and so mm-hmm. if you kind of math out the 15 year and the 18 year in those periods when it was like 2002, 2017, mm-hmm. right? So like 2016, 2017, we saw it go away because they just ran out of whiskey. Um, yeah. But the few years before that, you were drinking like ultra old Glendronic mm-hmm. and Oloroso if you were having the 15 year. Um, yeah. And so I, I remember I was living in San Francisco. I went and got a bottle of it and I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, seeing yeah. colors right you know like yeah, seeing totally. my as as flavor you know it's like it was the mm-hmm. first time i had like 
a, a religious experience with whiskey. Totally. Uh, and that was, that was the, that was the bottle that, that was the bottle that did it. I love the distillery. I still love the distillery, but yeah. I, I think, um, I have other favorites. I have other favorites totally. now. I grew into into some other things, but that was the first bottle that like, and it was expensive at the time. Mm-hmm. Hilariously, you know, it was like yeah, eighty yeah. bucks, and I thought that yeah, was yeah. a fortune. You know, it was like I oh remember my those days. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. It's funny. Um, in terms of in terms of general Highlands, um, you know, space sides, uh, Glendro. It's it's a it's in a fight for Glen Dronick and Glen Grant for my favorite Ooh. Highland related distilleries. Uh, I, but if I want sherry finish, of course Glen Grant's not really going to fit, fit fit that. Not going to do it so. for you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I I I. It's always funny when I get asked what my favorite single malt is because I'm always like, mm-hmm. uh, they're like five categories of sing- you know. It's like what's totally. my favorite heated single malt? What's exactly. My sherry mm-hmm. cast. What's my favorite interesting finish? What you know? It's like yeah. what's my favorite really old bottling which is totally different from your favorite younger bot you know it's it's, yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a joke to try to just pull one out of, uh, out of a hat yeah so at this point one. you know in whiskey journeys it's like like i can tell you my favorite it doesn't mean it's like the best i've ever had but i could tell you like yes. all these different things <laughs> yeah. and and like the funny thing is like when you know you're probably a little older than me based on you know you started a business in 2012 but um but like it's you know at this point in a whiskey journey it's like there's a story behind every sip too, or every pour, or every bottle you have, or like, like I look at my shelf and I have probably about had. 150. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I remember purchasing every one of them and just like the story behind it and stuff like that. It's kind of that's fun. incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. Incredible. So anyway, Found North, you and Zach, yes. you know, took this one off, and um, you're up to batch seven. So how many batches are you putting out a year? Let's say so. We did. We released two in April 2021. We released uh, two more, like kind of in December. We did kind of a soft launch in December that year, but really like nice. early 2022. Um, and then uh, we we did. When did we release five and six? We released five and six at the end of last year and then seven this okay. year, something like that. No. I actually don't know. <laughs> I think it was five no, and six, the end of 2022. Yeah. So, okay. so we've been out, we've been on that pace. We stopped releasing two at a time. Um, and we've, mm-hmm. and we've just been doing kind of one at a time. We released batch seven a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, and we've got batch eight lined up and, Brewing. and, uh, and we're, we're getting it. We're well, we, <laughs> It's not ideal time to be finishing a whiskey because uh-huh. you're trying to do all the sales this time of year. Totally. Um, but uh, but we 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 thought batch seven was going to last like most of the rest of the year, and we're pretty much almost sold out of it. So nice. it's like, oh crap, we don't have any whiskey to sell. We need to make batch eight very very fast. Um, nice. So so we're 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 cranking out batch eight right now. That's cool. So wait, okay. Yeah. Some, some whiskey, you know, company co-founders, they will, you know, get into it and then kind of let someone take over. Are you planning on being the, the blender at you? I mean, I don't, is Zach involved in the blending as well? So, so I, I would be, it's actually probably an insult to Sammy that I haven't brought him up in the last, Uh let's bring him up. Um, All right. So Sammy, we, we hired, uh, we hired Sammy before we launched found north so sammy was, okay, was cool. part of the design the the whole thing um that's cool and and sammy is a is a partner in our business um 
and and he's he is we we call him our director of whiskey innovation um nice which is an awesome title better than head it is um and, and uh and and he and i for the most part do the um do the blending um mm-hmm. that being said we we definitely rely on um zach and uh and phil our, our other guys uh yeah. to 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 quality con- quality control and and make totally. sure we aren't you can get totally down like it's it's funny because you can when you work on something for a couple of weeks you get so mm-hmm. far down the rabbit hole that you start to get kind of blinders and it can yeah. be really helpful mm-hmm. to have someone come in and go yeah guys this is interesting but you realize it's really like bitter and you're like yeah what? Then you go back. Uh-huh. And how have we been ignoring that for the last two weeks? We should that makes sweeten sense. this up a little bit. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, we we always we're always gut checking with um, with the rest of the team. How many iterations would you say batch seven went through, uh, or even time length before you were like, "All right, we figured it out." Okay. All right. That's a fabulous uh-huh. question. I, uh, I'm glad. That's a really great question because because <laughs> it took us hundreds of iterations and like i love that nine months to make batch one really um yeah i mean that's a long time when you're like it, got it, a fire it, under you ever. yeah yeah we, we i think we made nothing but dogs for the first three months and then we uh-huh. like went back to the drawing board and started over and okay. and so so it's pretty funny because by batch five which was the easiest whiskey for us to ever to make took three mm. test batches in one day we had an nice. idea and it happened to work that rarely happens um, okay but now you know we're we're we have a, a better approach to this now where where okay. we we're very familiar with the components we're working with we know how they behave together which is mm-hmm. in the beginning you like wow you know I, I, it's funny because people describe blending as painting all the time and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good analogy in the sense that like um, you have your paints, you paint your picture kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, all right, these are your, your almost your tools and this is the artistry. And I get yeah. the analogy from that standpoint, but it's misleading because when you, when you blend red and blue paint together, you yeah. get purple paint when mm-hmm. you, you know, when you make the analogous blend of whiskeys where it's like, okay, this one's red and this one's blue, you get yeah. like lime green. You know what I mean? It makes sense. You don't get not, like, you know, if yeah, you're you matching purple, like, you know, yeah, like the Jack Daniels uh, Nashville of grains. You're like, this will taste like Jack Daniels. It tastes nothing like Jack nothing, Daniels or something nothing. like that. No, yeah, no, yeah. No. So, so, you know, it's rare that it, that it really works, but after a while, when you've worked with the same types of components and you've, yeah, and honestly, you've had a couple of years of blending under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say it probably took us two weeks and twenty different test blends to get okay batch seven for right. batch seven. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, and batch eight was batch eight was was similar, although it's it's very interesting. We've gotten much more precise with our blends um, mm-hmm. now. We've gotten better at it. Um, and so we're ex- incredibly precise about the blends to the point where we really need our partners in Canada to actually s- physically send us all the liquid and then nice. we blend it on our site. Whereas we used to just mm. say, okay, this is the combination and you blend, you know, yeah, here's what it tastes like. You blend it. And, mm. and so if we got a little barrel variation, you know, say la vie. Um, yeah. And that was fine for batches one and two. 
sure. you know, and, and actually it worked in our favor with batch two. Batch two ended up tasting a little better than the blend we made. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, nice. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. Like now we totally. know exactly how we want it to taste. So we send them a test blend. And they, they send it back with different barrels mm-hmm. pulled and say, you know, we're scaling this up. Does it taste like you expect it to taste? And we're going, nice. no, this is three or four percentage points off of what we want. Oh, gotcha. Not, yeah, not yeah. from a ratio standpoint, but just. Yeah, like can, taste-wise. Yeah. If you can mm-hmm. quantify taste, which you absolutely can. I, I but, totally but get you, it. You, you know, you're, you're like, this is not exactly what we made. And they're mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, assholes, like, what do you want <laughs> from us? You know, you're <laughs> giving Canadians. us ratios and we can't. You know, we don't know exactly how you want it to taste. We don't, you know, yeah. this tastes like what you're sending us. And maybe you guys should do it. And we're like, all right, yeah, maybe we should do it. So now, now the process, the interesting thing is we're getting more and more involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, you sent me a hilarious prompt about chill filtration. Um, uh-huh. Let's uh, talk about uh, it. Uh, yeah, I basically was like, do you hate our podcast because you yeah, are yeah. non-chill filtered everything? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a great question because I, yeah. I've been on site in Canada and had chill filtered sample poured for me and filtered sample and non-filtered That's sample cool. uh-huh. poured for me of the exact same liquid. Mm-hmm. And then you try to blind ID which one is non-chill filtered. Uh-huh. And it is hard. Um, oh, really? You know, it is. Yeah, you're not. It's not as easy. As pe- people seem to think. Like yeah, it's people are like, oh, oh yeah. You know, you get the, the texture and the oiliness oh, the and whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I would say, again, trying to quantify it, it's a, a, a percentage point, a couple percentage points different. I mean, it's not that different. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and you know, look at the antique collection half the antique yeah, collection yeah. is chill filtered you know it's like mm-hmm. it's not it's not this mortal sin uh yeah. that that some people yeah. tend to tend to sort of try to get i don't know a, a little bit um a little bit dogmatic about whiskey at times yeah, yeah. i'm not a big fan of that that's um, cool to but, hear though from someone who's tried it like literally the same like barrel almost you so, know and and what's interesting is um you know, the reason we, we go for non-chill filtered is the same mm-hmm. reason that we do a lot of the different pieces that are more time consuming and a pain in the ass. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and makes uh, sense to me. And and total minutia because like, all right, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, yeah. I never came from the, we didn't come from the production side, which is really cool totally. for us because we all came mm-hmm. from the sales side. We all came as yeah. bartenders, retailers, brand ambassadors, yep. you know, like, totally different side of the business. And yeah. so, you know, when you're on that side and somebody and somebody tells you this thing makes a difference or this thing doesn't, you kind of mm-hmm. take them at their word. But then when you yeah, get in the production yeah. process mm-hmm. and weird things make a huge difference. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. When we've taken a single barrel out of wood and mm-hmm. left it in the ugliest little blue plastic you know, food grade tote you've ever seen. Yep. Like nothing sexy. We're not putting this in a glass. Yeah. You know, this isn't like, you know, some magic we're doing. Mm-hmm. When we let it rest for two weeks, the whiskey gets better. Really? That's funny. Like Why? notably, is it most notably cases? Better. It, yeah. And it's one or That's two crazy. percentage point. It's a little better, but it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I notably, promise yeah. you it's better. We, we cool. have, we have bottling line. We have a bottling line that uses a, um, 
a vacuum and that and a different one that uses like a pressurization and one uh-huh. puts a little bit of air through the whiskey as it pushes it into the bottle and the other uh-huh. doesn't it kind of sucks it into the bottle uh-huh. one or two percentage point different it's which it's one little, gets the win the, the 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 one that pushes air through it oh cool like aerating Makes it a little, little bit yeah. it's almost like aerating i don't yeah. God only knows because whiskey doesn't oxidize it once it's yeah. once it's out of wood. It's not oxidizing. Yeah. It's too stable. So like, mm-hmm. why is this? At, I I don't know. But I'll tell you like things a, you a learn. Five micron filter versus a twenty five micron filter. Uh-huh. Big difference in your whiskey. So really, well, big difference. Not so not so much. Make one or two percentage points. Yeah. But hey, if you do this, still. if you do this ten times, mm-hmm. if you make your whiskey one percent better ten times. Mm-hmm. Like a ten percent better That's compound growth, is baby. A lot freaking better. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is compound growth. And yeah. so for us, like, you know, do I think do I think that most consumers can actually identify blind identify correctly five times in a row, yeah. non chill filtered versus chill filtered? Yeah. No, I don't. Maybe. I don't think yeah. again. But uh-huh. if you stack those wins a little bit. You will, mm. you, it, it does make a difference. And we, we care about that. So and so I think that's, that's why, that's why we're, that's why we've, we've sort of gotten into that and gotten pretty freaking neurotic about how we make our, uh-huh. I mean, we're, we're pretty OCD about kind of everything we do. And, mm-hmm. and I think it, I think it ends up reflecting well in the, in the quality of the liquid in the end. That's awesome. So with this Canadian juice, you're, are they 100% base whiskeys? Are they like 100% mash bills of every one? Great or are they... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, 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 you know, when I'm in, what sometimes when I'm on a when I'm on a live stream or I'm on a, pod, a podcast or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, I'll say this, and I used to get so mad at producers when they would do this to me, but now I get it because you're trying to like mm-hmm. make it understandable for everybody. Um, oh, so, like the 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 fundamental difference between Canadian and American, you just got into it immediately. Is you know, American always does a mash bill, and Canadian yeah. does these 100% corn, 100% rye, 100% wheat, 100% malted barley. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea is ferment distill the grain separately. Yep. Gives you a few bit. Uh, it does give you some production advantages when the plan is to make it a component whiskey for a blend, um, yep. and it definitely does. Um, and I can get into that in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, a lot, a lot of the rise in Canada a- a- actually have a tiny bit of barley in them. Um, Makes so when sense you look at, for the sake yeah. of you know some of that enzyme stuff. Well, well, they add the enzymes, and actually, oh, cool, interesting. Dirty little secret. Okay. Uh huh. Ask a bourbon producer the next time you have them on if they're adding enzymes. Because yeah. <laughs> they probably are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Everyone adds them. Um, That's and so the, cool, and it's for, it's a it's a math thing. Um, yeah, because look, if you, it's the same reason why there are so few whiskey brands that lean mm. into the the grain varietal. They exist, yeah. but very mm-hmm. few talk about it. And the yeah. reason is that when a, when you're a distillery, if you get a um, if you have a grain varietal that this particular year has a 30% higher starch content, you're going to get 30% more alcohol in your production, which is because look, you convert starch to sugar, you convert sugar to alcohol through fermentation. Mm -hmm. So everything up until 
the the everything up until the really the fermentation and the distillation they yeah. care about yield because they know yeah. how much they can positively affect the whiskey in other parts of the process they have Makes so sense. many levers to pull later um and so you know the the Canadians started adding enzymes in 1910, something like that. Oh, wow. Um, that's fine. And that's when they, and it was all about creating things for blends. Um, mm-hmm. The bourbon industry started doing it. I don't know when, but they do but later. Uh, okay. and, yeah. But later. And yeah, yeah. they don't talk about it because they're like the whole gig on bourbon is that it's, you know, the purest of the purest of the pure, right? Totally. That's why we have this obsess- <laughs> obsession with, you know, new oak, and we have yeah. this obsession with you know, uh, 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 you know, n- you're you're legally not allowed to add anything to it. Well, you actually totally. are legally allowed allowed to add enzymes. Um, and yeah, it's just that's like cool. Not something that you'll yeah. ever hear on a tour. Yeah, in, totally. In a hear, like, that. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Hi, mm. we're here at you know such and such big ass <laughs> distillery, and uh, this yeah. is the part where we add enzymes. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't really know that. That's so cool. Um. So yeah, yeah go on. Fun. You were talking about base yeah, base whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. And... So okay. So so um the the component whiskeys we use um some of them are are categorized as base whiskeys. Okay. I hate that term. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it pains me. Uh, uh-huh. the, the, you know, the Canadian whiskey industry, like Canadian whiskey is number one selling whiskey in the United States from 1865 until 2010. Oh yeah. Not surprised at all. Yeah. Right. Like we think about all of these, these, uh, these up and coming categories and you compare mm-hmm. the growth from, you know, and it's like, Oh, Irish whiskey 2000 was doing less than a million cases in the U S and now it's like 7 million and you're like, holy yeah. cow, 700% growth. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Rye, it's like 50,000 cases in 2000 and now it's, you know, 2 million cases. Holy moly. Yeah. Canadian whiskey was doing 15 million cases in the United States in 2000 and 20 million in 2020. Like Goodness. Canadian whiskey absolutely slaps around the other categories, yeah. which is absurd to think about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But on the premium side, Canadian can't really get a foothold um and sense. part of the reason is they've kind of allowed the rest of the whiskey world to name their stuff like yep. jesus how do you let the how do you let the 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 rest of the whiskey world name your stuff base whiskey like yeah, God, yeah. you want to make it sound as like unsexy as humanly possible yeah like, oh base whiskey or light whiskey god forbid mm-hmm. right um yeah but yes so i i tend to whenever i say whenever you hear me saying corn whiskey that's because mm-hmm. i just don't have the patience for the term anymore <laughs> uh, well but really i'm glad what, you could explain it at least yeah so really what the truth is what what the canadians are doing is they're they're using a bunch of different distillation techniques so okay. they'll do single column distill they'll do you know something like a bourbon dis- distillation process where they'll do a stripping run and then double it in a pot still they'll do something Mm -hmm. like the scots where they'll do they'll do like uh you know twice in a pot still um Mm -hmm. but one of the things they do and they do extremely well is double distilled in a column still Um, and they will distill that to a very high proof above 180 Um, really okay and it's like vodka proof almost vodka proof baby no and 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 one of the things that that people talk about is like oh well you lose all the congeners yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. You lose some of them. Um, 
but but really when you then water it down for to to a different filling strength um mm. the interaction between the wood and the the distillate is excellent it actually is really straightforward and it, and it creates these um it creates these whiskeys that are very 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 useful for blending because they do one or two or three things max and they do them very very well so what i mean by that is like one of the reasons why we made crappy whiskey for the first mm. several months was yeah. because we had complex whiskey that was like, you know, uh, pot distilled here and complex yeah. whiskey that was pot distilled over here. And we were like, this is a good complex whiskey. This is a good complex whiskey. Yeah. We're going to put them together and we're, we're going to get, get a purple. super good, super yeah. complex whiskey that's purple. Yeah. Um, and that that was when we started realizing that the painting analogy is not great. It's much more like making music. Uh, If you have a great drum solo and you have a great guitar solo Mm -hmm. and you put them together, but they're not on the same timing sequence and they're not, you know, they're not, they don't match each other in any way or shape or form. You know what you're going to get? A loud cacophony of crap. Um, You're just going to get a A lot lot of static. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what started, what what really started to to help us um, was, when we actually started using these double distilled corn whiskeys, um, because they they were they were like a, a good layer of flavor, mm. right? It it wasn't flavor all over the place. It was okay. We have this whiskey that has all of these beautiful top notes, and actually may also have a bunch of beautiful you know bottom notes. But we mm. we really need to fill in some of the body, and we totally. have this corn component here that was aged for 13 years in ex bourbon and then transferred and regaged into new American Oak for another seven years. And it's juicy and, and sweet and straightforward. And all of a sudden it was like fitting puzzle pieces in where you're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is why That's the Scots cool. and the Canadians have been freaking doing this for the last yeah, hundred yeah. years. Right. Like yeah. they get it. Uh, yeah. And, and it's funny when that happens because you know, when I was on the buy the buying side, I was a much mm. bigger whiskey snob than I am now. Uh-huh. You know, I was I like, that. no, I I won't drink blended scotch. You know, uh, I'm such an asshole right now. Before I started this <laughs> podcast, too. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, oh, Johnny Walker. Oh, Johnny Walker. No. And then yeah. you're like, holy cow, they can make this Johnny stuff Walker taste be the great. Same over and over and over and over again. That is incredibly mm-hmm. difficult. Um, yeah, that, so, it, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And so we we're, we really started having breakthroughs when we started matching the dis, the different um, styles of distillate and then the different nice. aging regiments uh, in a in a better way. Um, that mm-hmm. that was really like the big breakthrough moment. So for us, what what we do now is we pull samples of a bunch of different lots that we own in Canada or that cool. we have. We we rack a lot of stuff um, here actually up in uh, Dover, New Hampshire, where we have our warehouse. Um, And so we'll pull a bunch of samples that are representative of whiskeys we own, right? Um, It's not like we're taking every single barrel sample. If it was of the same lot, it's pretty damn close Mm. to, you know, and you do get variation. You have to deal with that. Um, But, but for the most part, that's how we, and, and then over time, we know if you combine this kind of rye with this kind of rye, it's going to work. If you combine these, you're going to, you know, this is what, what you're going to get. And, and, and the interesting thing, I would say the biggest change that happened for me was I used to focus a lot on tasting notes. 
Um, mm. Okay, I'm getting like I would drink a whiskey and I'd be like, I'm getting apricots and plums and you yeah. know the orange blossom water on a sunny day. You know, mm. all this like yeah. you know I would try to get really into it and I still do that. To be fair, uh, I just don't uh, do that when I'm making whiskey because it's a totally useless yeah. process when you're making whiskey. Um, what 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 we really think about is the structure of the whiskey, particularly as it progresses uh, through time. Uh, so yeah. what I mean by that is like whiskey isn't static. That's the other reason why the painting analogy is bad uh, because the painting uh-huh. analogy gives you the impression that like you paint the picture and then it yeah. and then it's static. It's done, right? Mm-hmm. Whiskey, even if the even if the whiskey, you know, even if you taste the whiskey for you know, if it has a long finish, maybe you taste the whiskey for 30 seconds. Um, if yeah. it has a short finish, maybe it's it's still like five yeah. or six seconds. There's oh. still an enormous amount of opportunity for the whiskey to have shape and evolve and change on the palate. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the 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 um, you know the 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 tasting notes became very unhelpful because really what you're trying to do is make sure that the that the whiskey is telling a consistent and evolving story as you drink it. Makes sense. You want it to have a very distinct palate. You want it to have a very distinct landing palate and finish, right? You don't yeah, want yeah. the whiskey mm-hmm. to have a great landing, right? You, you take the initial sip, you get a burst of flavor and then yeah. there's this like pause and then there's a finish. Have you tasted whiskeys mm-hmm. like that? I, I taste them yeah. all the time now that I yeah, where it just drops off and then it's like, it oh, drops off it and then it comes back. Mm-hmm. There it is. You're like, no, yeah. what the hell happened? Um, yeah. For, for me, that's, that's a, it's not necessarily a flawed whiskey. It's just an incomplete whiskey. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with blending, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give it, we're trying to give it shape and dynamism throughout the, throughout yeah. the entire process. Yeah. With, um, I had a follow-up question to that, but yeah, I think that's well, so cool. You, you know, you talk about like puzzle pieces and stuff and as opposed to like, you know what you'd expect of blue versus red and you're like oh yeah this is yeah. easy it'll it'll work together and, it'll, yeah. it'll work it'll work mm-hmm. uh, and weird things happen really weird yeah. things happen like when we were making when we were making batch seven um mm-hmm. sorry when we were making batch eight actually we were making gotcha. batch eight um we we had this component that was bringing we had this component that was bringing a little bit too much woodiness and and okay. as a result, it was bringing a little bit of astringency, totally. and um, rye spice tends to be um, rye spice tends to to also have a, a degree of bitterness. The the kind of yeah. baking spices can be a little bitter and a little astringent. Yeah. And so the mm-hmm. crazy thing was we were we were trying to correct for this. We were trying to correct for this, and we loved what the whiskey was bringing, but it also was giving us a little too much on the, on the astringent side. And so we were trying to blend in whiskeys that were softer whiskeys so that they would soften up this flavor. Yeah. It wasn't working at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the fix was actually to add a really spicy. Interesting. Um, and that is such a weird phenomenon because, um, like tannin fixes astringency. Uh-huh. It's really weird um, because you're like, why would dry plus dry equal less? Dry? Yeah, um, it does. It, it feels like it won't make sense. Um, but but here, but but hear me out for two seconds. So yeah. basically, astringency is when you have this like um, bitter, almost. I, I I've always described it as someone's poking you in the roof of your palate with a uh-huh. number two pencil, a sharpened okay. number two pencil. Yeah, uh, 
when when you when you get tannin, tannin is much more mouth coating. It's a similar okay. sensation, yeah, 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 but it's stretched out. Um, so that okay, makes sense. When you have an itch on your hand, let's say you got mm-hmm. an itch on your hand. When you scratch that itch, what you're doing is you're you're not an itch is an irritated nerve. You're not yeah. unirritating that nerve. You're irritating you're it further. Doing, you're <laughs> irritating all the nerves around it. So yeah. that your brain can't process that one really irritated nerve okay. anymore. That's literally what Makes scratching sense an itch So the same thing so happens cool. on your palate sometimes where you, you got a little astringency and you add tannin. And the tannin yeah. is giving you more of kind of a mouth puckering feel all around where the astringency should be. Yeah. And so the astringency disappears. Um, yeah. And it's wild how Weird. that works. And that's one of those things where like, where, you know, you're trying to make purple. So you keep adding red, you keep adding red, you keep adding red and it's not yeah. working. So instead you add like a different shade of blue and all of a sudden you have purple. And it's like, yeah, that yeah. shouldn't make sense, but it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit of, the 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 weird conversations that yeah. Sammy and I have when we're like seven whiskeys in trying to make a uh-huh. uh- <laughs> that's great. So you mentioned like uh, you know what I'm gonna let's let's crack this and I'm okay, gonna take yes. my first sip ever. But oh, we, maybe but when we do that, uh, I do want to ask. You mentioned that batch five, you got it pretty quick. You had something in mind and you kind of nailed it really quick. Yeah. Does every batch have something different in mind? Are you aiming for something different in every batch? Yeah, that's a great question. So sometimes we, sometimes we really are trying to, um, sometimes we're really trying to do something specific with batch, with yeah. batch five. It was, we had a secondary grain that was wheat. Um, yeah. and we had a, we had a thesis on, um, how to, how to make the wheat work. Um, wheat, wheat's a <laughs> uh-huh. frustrating grain. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it it's really jagged it it like okay it has all these rough edges but it has lovely totally. flavor um, yeah and it tends to be really abrupt so you like you mm-hmm. get like a blast of flavor and that's gone uh, and so our very simple strategy was let's take eight-year-old delicious wheat and lay it mm-hmm. let's lay it on top of a foundation of super old really clean really delicious corn that was in new american okay. oak so this really yeah. long developed body and yeah it just worked perfectly. And that doesn't, that's so cool. That was, that was very much like thesis experiment. Wow. Result. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost never happens like that for us. Uh, Yeah. Usually what we're doing is we have a component or a whiskey that we really want to work with. um, Mm. And we're tasting it and we're saying, what could happen if we tried this, that, or the other thing. Um, And so we try it. And then as soon as we try it, it's like it could go where we expected or it could Mm -hmm. go in a different direction. And sometimes that different direction is wonderful. And so you're like, whoa, okay, hold on. Maybe we should go there. All right, let's go that way. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get asked all the time, like, you know, are you going to make an age-stated whiskey that you just, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Found North 12 year, and it's just the Found North 12 year over and over and over again. And the answer is probably not. uh, Yeah, that's cool. Because what if we want to use the 11 year, you know, like I, yeah, I yeah, what yeah. if the 11 mm-hmm. year is doing something cool? Yeah. What, and you know, yeah. it's like, um, God, I feel like the, uh, the scene from old school when Will Ferrell is in, is in the, is in the group therapy. 
And he's like, <laughs> what if, I wonder, you know, what if it's something I've I've never heard of before? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you know the movie reference. But I anyway, haven't, so. but I'm a big I'm a big Will Ferrell fan. Oh, okay. yeah. But uh, I guess not I, big I, enough because I still need I to mean, see that. So basically it's like we we talk about it, we say it all the time, follow the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really believe that. So we'll, we'll come cool. into to it with an idea, but if the whiskey takes us in a certain direction, we, we follow it. That's so cool to me. And that you're, you know, even starting a company based on no guidelines. Like I imagine, you know, you're probably not messing around with like too much less than eight year juice, but like, if you're like, Hey, this six year stuff is killing it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you, like, it sounds like with these yep. batches, it's just like, it's not about. It's not about age. It's not about consistency. It's about, hey, this is different and it's fantastic, which yes. I appreciate. And like, if I were to ever start a whiskey company, I feel like I would want to do it similarly. Is like, I'm not going for consistency. I'm going for whatever wows me and whatever comes along the way that wows me, I'm down to share that. So that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's, that's epitomizes what we try to do. So that's awesome. So I got, I only had one little sniff. Uh, and I didn't want to like interrupt you, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is so candy fruity to me in a great way. Um, I like, especially when it comes to like rye whiskey and stuff, um, I'm looking for like a hard candy kind of feel really nice sweetness, baking spices. I'm into that, but like, I'm looking for like hard candy, like less chewy caramel, a little more hard candy. This is I like the perfect more. blend of almost like a weeded whiskey fruitiness uh, or weeded, weeded uh, bourbon fruitiness with that rye candy, at least on the nose. I don't know. What do you uh, what do you like to get off this nose? Uh, so that that hard candy flavor. Um, I love that flavor. I it's my favorite part of um, it's actually my favorite. This is such so funny, but but just to bring me back to my scotch days, it's my favorite part uh-huh. of Isla Scotches. Nice. Um, if you drink, if you drink a couple of Isla smoky scotches in a row, yeah, um, your palate will habituate to the smoke, and so you mm-hmm. stop smelling yeah. and tasting. All you the taste smoke is the and sweet then, and the peat. I mean, like, yeah, it's just sweet, and you get this like really interesting. It's always this really lovely hard candy note, um, and so I, I like, I'm obsessed with it. Um, nice. I think Ardbeg does it the best. That's I that's agree. My, <laughs> I was hoping I could bring that up. Ardbeg so, does nail it. I think our bank does it the best and I, I'm obsessed. I agree. Um, yeah, we, we actually, we finished a whiskey in a, in a, in an art bag cask and it was unreal. Uh, really? Was it one of your batches? It's one of our single barrels. Um, we, we, we did a, we did it. We created a blend and then we recast it into a bunch of different Sounds barrel types. So the only way we can do single barrels. Um, yeah. And we, we had this like, like standing liquid art bag cask that we, that we filled with, 12 year old uh, a blend of 12 year old 19 year old and 21 year old whiskey and oh my god i I sold it to uh i sold it to the first guy who ever hired me um oh that's so cool here in boston Uh, Uh and it's unbelievable sorry sorry i totally digress no i can i I can talk about our bank for days that's that note i uh yeah i love candy and man it is uh so yeah i and and as always listeners you know, no matter who's on the podcast and who sends me or doesn't send me whiskey, we try to be objective. <laughs> but so far, I'm loving this. Um, okay. Yeah. So I just knows it so far. But uh, yeah, candy, fruity, um, 
Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the ages that went into this one? Uh, can you even yeah. explain? I, I don't know if you I can get you into the... Um, more whiskey. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, even the, uh, the the blends that went into it, yeah. Yeah, so this yeah, so this this was a blend of four different whiskeys. Um, it's an 18-year rye, two 22-year corns, and a 24-year corn. Um, the the um, the 18 year rye was 18 years and 11 months and change. Okay. Um, we could have waited like three weeks and put a 19 year age statement. 18 is a lot. But, but seriously, and and the funny thing was like, we we were like, what if it ages out of profile? Uh, totally. Weeks. I would worry about summer, that. Yeah. Right? Like, what if it ages out of profile? Um, yeah. But uh, the rye was really big, spicy, um, Hungarian oak age, which we're obsessed yeah. with. Um, and uh, why Hungarian? The, was that just what was, Canadians oak, were aging? We we bought a bunch of whiskey from Canadians who were aging stuff in mm -hmm. Hungarian oak um, because Hungarian oak is tight grained and has a high mm -hmm. concentration of wood sugar, so it tends to throw a lot of those like rock candy notes you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. without with, and it develops these really interesting fruit qualities without yeah. the um, over oaked flavor that you usually get yeah. as a cost for these these flavors right because like yeah. you put something in new american oak for 20 some odd years you're gonna get these really interesting rock candy and fruit notes mm -hmm. but the price you pay is the is the pencil shaving note right like totally. that's the price and yeah and people get used to it um and people get used to it so it's great but mm. but for us it was like wait we're gonna have our cake and eat it too you can just <laughs> like you can get the spice, the wood, the the wood profile. You get all of this without the, without like that bitter oakiness. Holy cow! Yeah, totally. So that's really that's sweet. So I'll tell you my notes on uh, the palette. So this is one hundred and thirty-one point eight proof, but reads at like a one hundred and five to me, which is good. Yeah, and. Um, it, okay, so here. Okay, so here is. I hate to compare it, but this reminds me <laughs> of the beefiness of a Thomas H. Handy mm. mixed with the amazing age of a Sazerac 18. It does taste more rye to me, um, despite the fact that it's only 16% rye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so that's the cool thing I'm getting from this is that, you know, like we were talking hard candy and fruitiness, but the cool thing is that, yeah, the, I can tell the heat's there, but it's not, it's not 131 on the palate. Like it is not, and even on the nose, like it, I mean, 105 is what I'm getting. And, I, um, uh -huh. I totally, I, I, and the crazy, so you I'll put up like one five, were you like on the exact same page as me? I, I, that's that's how I think it drinks. One one oh five. That's how I think that's it drinks. That's so funny. I I could I literally was like one five. That's what yeah. I thought you were and really, as I was saying it, I'm like, wait, is that exactly? That's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm getting. Is like slightly above one hundred. Definitely not one ten. Uh, but it's to its benefit. I think you know sometimes with you know especially in the one thirties, like you can you can wreck like like for example like Jack Daniel's Barrel Proof, that'll wreck you at one thirty. Uh, like it, it may not wreck you, but it's good, but it'll like, you have to take that slow. You do not have to take this slow. Like this no, is, this scary. is so easy to put down, Christmas but also yeah, candy, 
what I what I love about Sazerac 18, for example, one of the ones we, yep. we got to try it a few years back at uh, 2020 on the podcast. And one of the bigger notes I got was, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a, uh, uh, strawberry, like sauce that you'd put on like mm. ice cream or something like that. Yeah. yeah like a uh, strawberry. Really? Yeah. yeah. Beautifully 90 proof fruitiness and, in in a sweet and not like, you know, it's, it wasn't like fresh strawberries because fresh strawberries can have a, almost a bitterness to them. Sometimes it was like beautifully candy. And then Thomas H. Handy was a little bit hard that year, in my opinion. Um, but, um, it had a little more oomph. And so like my thought, and you know, that's the thing about Thomas H. Handy. It's not even seven year old rye and it's like, you yeah. know, sometimes yeah. up to one thirty proof. Um, it's always being I think this is kind of in the to, middle. It's always being drunk next to Sazerac 18. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. like, I always feel bad for Handy. Cause you're just like, come on, uh-huh. man. It's like this thing is so, yeah. Yeah. Ahead. The first experience I had with Thomas H. Handy was uh, earlier on in my whiskey journey, basically. Same bar I tried um, the uh, the Eagle Rare 17 2014 vintage. They had the 2014 Handy and Saz 18. And we're like, why not? And you know what I'm they charge for it? Eight bucks for like <laughs> three fingers on an old-fashioned glass. And we're like, don't tell anyone. And it was like, that was 2014, 2015 for you, where it's like, shut up. Don't tell anyone. Go to McCormick. It was like uh, McKenzie's in Colorado Springs. It was a steakhouse. Don't tell anyone. Don't do anything. Just show up every weekend and drink what they have and try not to just, you know, drink the whole bottle. It was amazing. But that was where I got to try both of those, Thomas H. Handy and, and Saz. And I remember thinking, Handy's a bus. But like Sazerac is this like beautiful, like up and down this windy road. Uh, and, and so that's kind of, I'm going to take a more, a little more sip, but, um, this is beautiful little water. Oh, now you're talking. Okay. One more sip neat. And then we can do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so actually, Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I'll let you, I I hate talking with people. Oh, you're good. So, so if you look at the back of the bottle, um, yeah, you'll see. You'll see a little, we, we wrote something on there, um, the thing called manager's proof. Uh-huh. So it says, the manager's proof is our preferred strength for a given whiskey. To reach batch seven, manager's proof, add 0.6 mils of I love water to uh-huh. a 50 ml pour and let rest for 10 minutes. Um, Ooh. We don't need to do that. We can just, you can just give it a little water. Um, we, okay. we do these, we, we make these water droppers that have... Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like uh, you're not gonna be them? you're not gonna be sad it has like the little measuring on them yeah, yeah. Uh, so we can get pretty we can get pretty pretty geeked out do you on have that like a tasting uh, room at, at the place like do you have like tours and stuff no this is my tasting room my this That's is cool. my basement home office tasting nice. experience place no um but uh but it, it it's interesting because we you know that brings the whiskey down to like 130.2 i believe uh-huh. you know we're not talking about changing this whiskey by you yeah. know we're not talking about taking it from 132 down to you know 105 yeah. we're talking like put a put a put a put a smidge of water in um and we yeah. had an interesting dilemma because uh we had an interesting dilemma because we you know legally you can legally cast strength just has to be within two proof points of um what it came out of the barrel at so you, okay. you don't you can't add a tiny interesting bit i didn't know that that's uh, so cool yeah and so there was a there for us there was like there's a bit of a debate 
It's like, do we water it down and still call it cast strength? Or yeah. do we call it cast strength at the actual strength and yeah. then tell people where we like it? Um, yeah. And we, we went with that because the, the 1998 component in here was a mm-hmm. bombshell. It, it had nice. body and fruit and all that, all that like strawberry you're talking about, that puree nice. was there. And then for whatever reason, when you put a, a smidge of water, it pops. The fruit nice. just pops. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. This is, I, you know, if you had handed me like a, you know, a little pour of this and you said, this is 131.8. Um, <laughs> you would have given me the figure. I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> and that's cool, to be honest. Like, it's like, this is so drinkable. This is like a 105er. Um, let me sip that again. Because it did truly. Yeah. Great finish. Like I, you know, I haven't sipped in like like 45 seconds probably. And uh, the finish is still going. What batch are you most proud of? Batch seven. Mm-hmm. Batch seven. I, I'm uh batch seven and batch one. Okay. Right. Like batch nice. one because batch one because someone once asked me to sign a bottle of batch one. You know what I mean? Like nice. there's a there's a thing about that where you're like you, when you're doing it, when when I was in in 2020, you know, now I feel like a, a whiskey maker. You know, I go to yeah, a show yeah. and people treat totally. me like I'm a whiskey maker and mm-hmm. and like I've gotten used to that. But but it was weird in the beginning, you know, it was like, I remember the first time someone asked me to take a picture and sign the bottle, you know, that's so like, cool. I was like, me? You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. What? But it was uh-huh. like, oh, wait, yeah, we spent nine months making this whiskey and it was, yeah. it was kind of hellish trying to figure yeah. it out and, and knowing what good whiskey tastes like and having really high standards for what we wanted to taste. And then it comes yeah. out and you're like, this is a damn good whiskey. And I, I, I remember like sending a bottle to Lou Bryson and getting on the phone with That's him cool. and him just being uh-huh. like, being like, Nick, this whiskey's phenomenal. And I knew yes. him hearing we that from Lou Bryson like, is so he was cool, like, dude, this whiskey's amazing. Like you've made an amazing rye. And I remember just being yeah. like, Oh my God. That's great. Did what uh, was it? But which, batch which batch was it? Was Sorry, it batch like, one? There's one. Yeah. Batch one. That's he was cool. like, this is incredible. And and I was like, wow. Uh, his, but his when, book but was we, one of the first books I ever finished in the whiskey like realm. Tasting, the, whiskey. tasting whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 my whiskey bible. I love forgive, it. Yeah. Forgive uh forgive me, you know, Jim Murray, but you didn't write yeah, the yeah, yeah. whiskey. Sorry, bible. Jim. The whiskey, he got the whiskey canceled bible anyway. is yes, yeah, that's right, he did. Uh, I yeah. forgot about that. Because he called <laughs> it whiskey <laughs> sexy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So, oh god. But but no, I, I like I think I've I think I've burned out, you know, just like yeah. worn the book out. I think like three copies of That's Tasting so cool. Whiskey. I give it to everyone. I think it's the yeah. best. It's like the best whiskey book for yeah. getting beyond novice with without it ever getting totally. like too complicated and too yeah. confusing. You know what I mean? Like I appreciate really elevates yeah. your level without you having to know biochemistry, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And like, and I remember two big points from that book was one, you know, break through the wall, which was like, try to drink a little bit every day and, and like break, you know, get through yes. the burn. Yes. And then uh, his second one was like, basically like associate whiskey with 
events basically like if yes if, if, you know chocolate reminds you of being a child in christmas time it's like no just this this whiskey reminds me of you know christmas childhood times and stuff like that which is huge uh for the whiskey tasting world yeah and it's funny you say that because um my my favorite scotch producer is actually gordon mcphail yeah Uh, and gordon mcphail you know they make whiskey they make they they make everything right they buy yeah although i think they're gonna stop buying new make but but that's right i saw that yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. they bought new make forever and so they've made whiskey from every scotch distillate you can think of Uh, and what's really interesting is i think it had i think gordon mcphail across different distilleries still has a signature yeah and you know flavor is so associative that Mm -hmm. i i tend to you know i i laugh because we tend to have this kind of nutmeg cinnamon note and basically every yeah. whiskey we make um mm. there's kind of we it's it's universal in our batches um and you'll find it in our single barrels and the reason is in my opinion the reason is because i grew up one minute away from my grandmother's house and yeah. i went there all the time and the first thing i would do when i would go in there is she would make me cinnamon sugar toast i associate nice. cinnamon sugar and a little bit of graininess it's with like up heaven like childhood yeah heaven. and as a result mm. every whiskey i've ever loved that has like a cinnamon sugar toast note i think is a, nice. it's just a banger you know i'm like yeah and, mm. and so when you drink our whiskeys people all the time are like you know i always get this kind of signature nutmeg clove cinnamon it's always uh-huh. the same kind of combination of thing and i'm like yeah yeah that's 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 nanny's You're house. welcome just a yeah. little bit of Nanny's house in every whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. And, you know, that's even an interesting thought um, is that, you know, you look at some of these master distillers out there, like some of these big deal people like Jimmy Russell or or like Harlan Wheatley or, you know, Elmer T. Lee or some of these big names in uh, or even some of the like Booker No and stuff like that. It's like it's I never thought of this until you just said that it's like maybe Booker No is really into like a peanutty taste and maybe that's just who he is. And it's not yes. like the whiskey is going that way. Maybe it's just Booker No wants you to taste peanuts. all, And it can that's be amazing. It. Yeah. Right? Cause, mm-hmm. Cause you sit there like the truth is, you know, we're trying to do something with a blend, totally. but I'm not going to release a blend until it hits this spot for me. Yeah. Where I'm I like, love that. This is it. And subconsciously or not like when it hits that cinnamony note for me yeah that's when it starts to be in the range of you know okay this could this could be bottleable this is this is in this space where i'm willing to bottle it i bet you're right i bet you it's like when he gets his peanut butter note you know who knows maybe he grew up eating peanut butter sandwiches (laughs) and hates jelly Mm -hmm. you know and it was yeah exactly (laughs) yeah I was uh, what we call on the podcast. We call it an entry buzz. It's kind of what you you know prime the pump on before the yes. podcast. I was drinking Alberta Premium uh, Cast Strength Rye, and uh, and that's like beautiful uh, candy and cinnamon. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it's got nothing on this. So yeah, I just <laughs> I just added a little ice, and oh, okay. uh, let me let me go for the nose. So what I got on the like the water droplets, yeah, much more strawberry um a really nice um butteriness to it uh more so on like a 
mental texture kind of way, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, it is buttery, almost like a like it was just softer candy than the hard candy meat pour, uh, but yeah. still like beautifully fruity. Um, strawberries and much more Sazerac 18 than, than Thomas H. Yeah, candy it goes the other way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Ice don't hurt either, man. That's impressive. You know, That's it's, it's rare. Hurt. We'll get a pour that tastes just as amazing, if not better with water and then ice. So this, uh, like sometimes, especially with American whiskeys, especially with bourbons, and even rise, it's like good luck on the ice pour, and that's why we they do it three ways. Is kind of to get an idea, yeah. And like some Irish whiskeys can kill it with ice, uh, and some like kind of, yeah, yeah. Like oh my goodness, like um, Redbreast twelve cast strength with ice is like yeah. Redbreast. Okay, I was literally about to say Redbreast twelve cast strength makes my favorite ah. highball. Oh, seriously! It makes a banger oh my of a highball. It makes the yeah. best highball. Yes, so, totally agree. I would. I think it even beats out the the second on the list is Yamazaki Twelve. I would never want to do Yamazaki Eighteen with with some ice. It would just kill me inside. Yeah, but I bet that's good too. But like yeah, Yamazaki, Yamazaki yeah, Twelve with great. a little ice. Oh, so good. I, I, but I think when is, I get my uh, hands on a bottle, I just never think of a highball because I'm just like, no, yeah, I'm yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> literally this week saw one for six hundred dollars, and I may or may not have bought it. But um... <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was retail. At these days, it's six hundred bucks is retail. Um, but yes, uh, amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, let me let me let me take a moment. You can yes, talk if you yes, want to, but um, uh, the ice pour is killing it. I I mm. it's funny because you uh, I'll let you. I'll I'll talk to the listeners, right? Um, no, yeah, one, yeah, one yeah please. Things, one of the funniest things I get asked all the time is like, um, "What do you think about adding water? What do you think about ice?" I get asked mm -hmm. the, the ice question all the time. Totally. Um, do you ever add ice to whiskey? You know, and it's like it's almost like a challenging question. Um, totally. And uh, can I swear on your podcast? I think I have you can swear as much as you want. It, okay, we're technically yeah. explicit. <laughs> Oh, good, good. I yeah, like yeah, explicit. Um, Except no, I don't so, curse at all, so that's the funniest part have, of it all. <laughs> what I like. I didn't ask you beforehand, so I, no, you're fine. You're fine. Do your thing. What What I've always said. One of the things I've always said is like, like somebody once asked me, um, you know, if I bought a bottle of your whiskey, um, and and I put it on ice, would you be offended? And and what I always said is like, for me personally, like, yeah, if I bought a bottle, fuck you. Right, like, yeah, if yeah, it's my bottle. I'll do whatever the hell. I, if I bought it, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do whatever I want to do with it. <laughs> like, don't tell me how to drink something I bought. Yeah, now, yeah, I wouldn't go to your house and drink yeah. your Eagle Rare Seventeen and yeah, throw yeah. some rocks oh. in it, and you oh. know what I mean. Like, no, no, no yeah, no, I, I wouldn't do that. But like, if you buy our stuff and you want to drink yeah. it on the rocks, freaking go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah. But, and and I and for me, the funny thing is, my answer for that is like. The reason that the challenge with ice is the challenge with ice from just like a, a science standpoint is mm. it makes the it makes it more static because it cools it down. Yeah. So there are less molecules coming off the off the bottle off the, the liquid. Yeah. So it's harder mm. to smell and taste. That that's just yeah. that's just fact. But that doesn't yeah. make the whiskey worse. 
And I think no. we have this really bad habit in the industry yeah. of trying to always quantify things. Like, totally. guess what? Sometimes, particularly this summer when it's been hot and muggy, yeah. I want to drink whiskey, but I want to drink it cold. Sorry. Yep. Like, and mm -hmm. I want a whiskey that actually drinks well cold, which is yeah. why I put my own stash of Found North on the rocks all summer long. And I nice. love it. Like mm -hmm. I bought it. Well, yeah. I made it. So fuck you. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean? <laughs> and it's like red breast 12 cast strength can taste great neat, but it, it also can. tastes amazing with it's ice and sometimes seltzer water. <laughs> on ice, yeah. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. doesn't hurt. All right. So you went no, back so into cool. it. What happened? What'd you get? I, you know, I think the most impressing, uh, the most impressive thing about it is that it didn't lose a thing. Uh, I don't know if it, beat the neat or water pour uh but it was in no way a, you know stringent bitter and sometimes that you get with like a bourbon or rye yeah. is like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it turns into this bitter kind of mess uh and i think that's really impressive is that i to this moment i don't know what was best of all three pours uh, <laughs> and that's rare because sometimes you're like ah i was it was like decent with these, but then the, you know, the neat pour was the best. Um, I'll, oh, I'll tell you that. what, I'm going to give this a rating. And, um, and I think the notes that I got off work in a way similar. Um, but this is like, one of those things is like, like I said, it is good with, uh, with ice. And the fact is, is that some people just want, you know, they finish mowing their lawn and they want to throw a few <laughs> ice cubes in their whiskey do it you know like just do it like uh and i think that's the blessing of this whiskey is that like you can drink it whatever way you want and it's always good drink it and i i really can't say that about a lot of whiskeys yeah. i'm gonna that. give it a rating um typically okay so let me give you a little context into my rating scale Hit is me. that when you break break nine we call it a hub of a what like as in like that surprised me that was amazing um and at least I do. I say if it breaks, if it's a hub of what status, it breaks nine uh, out of 10. And uh, my top rating ever, I believe, is a 9.7. And I think that was, uh, in my opinion, I think the best whiskey I've ever had is uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor's Seasoned Wood. I think that is like the pinnacle of whiskey for me. It's such a good um, and I think, you know, I've had some other ones like even in the scotch realm that and, and even in American single malt realm that are like, you know, upper 9.9.5, 9.6. This is going to take and this is very impressive. This is probably like one in 20, make it above a 9.3, I would say. I'm going to give this a 9.4. I really love this. Oh, and yeah, uh, I, I think listeners so so one of our listeners brian rap he introduced me he didn't introduce me it was ben klepsig that that really said hey i i got it have you seen this i want to buy it and i was like buy it it looks good i'm seeing 20 plus year <laughs> distillate on there buy it and then a little bit later brian rap hits me up and he's like hey i've heard really good things about found north uh you should reach out and i'm like i'll reach out today and that was the day i reached out to you guys oh, that's cool um but um that being said um I can't wait for batch batch eight. And and I'll say this to our listeners. How many bottles do you think you have left on your website? I think two. Oh, buy it now. B-I-N, everyone. <laughs> Is that really right? Oh, I feel so yeah. honored to, to be able to have one of these bottles. I think we have two. Um, yeah. 
We, That's we, crazy. We, so Brian yeah, Rapp, yeah. buy it now. Actually, forget it, Brian. I won't wait until Monday. I'm going to say buy it now. I'll, I'll text you uh, and I'll <laughs> message you on, on uh, Instagram and say, just get it before you sell out. Um, so I love this. I, I mean, bottles. so yeah, you yeah. said this is one of your most proud batches. How, how's batch eight looking? I, I'm obsessed with batch. Eight. Nice. <laughs> I, no, that's the, that's, that's the, um, I think that's probably the most exciting thing about nice. how we make whiskey, which is just that like you, you're every time we sit down to make something new, we yeah. are jacked up about it. You know what I mean? It's not nice. like, all right, all right, we got to make that's this fun, man. Like, you know, and I can imagine how stressful that is actually. Yeah. One of my, one of my, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite, just hilarious. This part, I found it hilarious stories is, yeah. uh, I, I, and, and I often will use this as a, it's kind of a testament to how much like situation can influence how, how you drink totally. a whiskey or how you taste a whiskey or like, mm-hmm. or how susceptible we are to, you know, people's opinions and things like that. Yeah. One of the funniest things for me was I, I, I in 2017, I had the, the rare privilege of going and spending four or five hours with Brent Elliott in his lab. No and I way. Just, we like, we went through some crazy ass whiskeys um really i mean just totally this was before you even started making whiskey that's so yeah yeah yeah. and and like um no actually i i interviewed him i wrote something about it that i don't think anybody read um and i (laughs) i when we were struggling we went back and read reread what we had written about how he made whiskey and it gave us some some sort of secrets into the process that that we that we utilize to this day um but the funniest thing was when i got there his quality control team was in the process of going through like, I think it was 52 different um, vattings of small batch. Oh, wow. Four rows of small batch. Yeah. yeah. And they had them all lined up with the little, you know, the little um, uh, toppers on top of the little yep. glasses, you know, some sniffing mm-hmm. glasses. And, and each one was just a, B, C, D, E, F, G, double A, double B, double C, all the way down yep. from A to, to double Z. And, mm. um, and I was like, what, I was like, what is this? And he was like, this is our, our quality control team goes through all of these. And wow. this is the control and we make sure it tastes like the control and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, but I just, I remember, you know, being like, okay, so how does the process work? And he's like, everyone gives it a one through five, whether it's, you know, whether it's like, on the money, that's five. Yeah. If it's close, mm-hmm. that's four. And if anybody of our, I think at the time it was like eight, maybe 10 people, wow. um, give it a, a three or less, we mm-hmm. troubleshoot that that batch. You know, totally. we go in and we say, all right, what, what's wrong? What, How do we fix it? Is it salvageable? Yeah. Why does it taste what we want? And I was like, holy cow, it's pretty stressful. And he was like, yeah, you know, yeah. it can be. And so I'm, I'm like, do you mind? And he's like, yeah, go through them. So I'm like rapid fire nosing totally. with you know, I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. And uh-huh. I was straight up messing with him. And I just go, there's something wrong with M. Uh-huh. And he's like, nah. He's like, nah. Really? You know oh, what I mean? He's so like, funny. He's like, yeah, there's something wrong with M. And he comes over and he's nosing it and he's looking at me and he's like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with them, but now I feel like there's something wrong with them. Uh-huh. Are you messing with me or not? And I was like, I'm oh, messing, with, so you. I'm messing cool. with you. Like, there's nothing wrong. And at the end that's of it, so he was like, cool, though. he was like, after five hours, he's like, I'm going to go back to M now. 
You know, here's uh-huh. now you've got it in my head, and now I'm gonna I like need to go back to him and make sure it's good. And it was hilarious. So cool. It was hilarious, but it also is very revealing of how challenging it is for these guys to totally. make the whiskey taste the same over and over and over again. It is yeah. way, way, it's a, just a different level of difficulty and it's a different yeah. type of difficulty than what we're doing, which is like, yeah. we made a great whiskey. How can we riff off of what we've done in the past? Or like, how do we move yeah. this in the next direction? Yeah. And wherever we end up, as long as we think it's good, that's that's a win for us, you know? And, yeah. and so that process is really exciting. And that's why like eight is just, eight is just, woof. We use Ooh. a new component. Um, uh, I, I haven't told anyone this, but, but we used a new component, a tiny, tiny bit of, of a component that was aged in a Madeira cask. Uh, Ooh. and it, and it has this like sultry, juicy red fruit, but like, nice, like, like dark, like a, you know, Ooh. not, I, I don't, you know, like this has this, you know, I think that's a great note because I'm not getting red. dark notes from this. So that, no, might be no, like this super goes in different. a different direction. It's yeah. like, it's like mm. totally, um. I I just I think of like a um I don't know why but um when I think of these like certain tasting notes I think of them on gradients of shade yeah. and you can get oh, kind of like a yeah. you get like a mood to the whiskey right you No know no I totally about? get it like uh the difference between a a weeded bourbon and a rye bourbon is like totally. is a darkness to me yeah There's yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and this mm-hmm. whiskey reminds me of like the the Madeira, just the Madeira aspect totally. of it is like a dive bar in Louisiana. You know what Ooh, I mean? Like you're just like it's sold just like, me already. Yeah, I mean, oh god, and and that yeah, I I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm really that's really cool. So so okay, when's batch eight coming out? There we're we're looking for probably something like a November one launch. Is my okay. guess. If, if we don't if we don't screw soon. anything up, we should be yeah, yeah. It's soon. Uh, and we have another we have another release. Uh, we have another release coming out this year as well. Um, the oldest nice. release we've ever done. Um, we, I, I, you know, we've done this. So when we started, all we did was yeah. we buy the whiskey we need for a blend. We blend it. We bottle totally. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, we've started to like buy components and re-rack them. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the next evolution. Um, but, but one of the things we did when we created our single barrel program was creating this blend and then re-racking the entire blend, right? So you make this blend and then you put it in all these different barrels. Mm -hmm. And we loved that process so much that we were like, what if we did this to scale, not just like single barrels? What if Mm -hmm. we create a blend with the intention of further maturing it? So we leave space for it to grow into its wood profile. And then we pick different wood profiles based on you know, where we want this thing to go. Um, totally. And it's, I, you know, not very, I don't know anyone who's doing that. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I really don't. Um, and it, it's, it's a little bit more arduous because you literally have to like blend it to profile, yeah. age it, and then re-blend it to profile. Cause we're not going to just be like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, sense. now just dump them in no matter what. It's like, no, no, now that we yeah. have, we have to re-blend it. It's a little easier because they're starting from the same foundation, but yeah. you still have to get it right. So it's like, it's a, it's an expensive process from a time and a labor standpoint, but it totally. is so cool. I mean, it That's is cool. like, so that we're, we have our, 
our first sort of major release um, that way is going to also be our oldest release. Um, and that's, that's going to come out this fall as well. Is that going to be a batch or is that going to be like, how are you going to list that? That's going to have a name, which we've also okay, cool. done. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah. That's going to have a name. Um, and, that's sweet. and I think, I think people are going to, we just, we, we wrapped up the, the new label um, nice. the other day and I've just, I had nothing to do with it, but it looks awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that's all good. So as we wrap up here, I guess we'll close it up, but uh, where can people find more about Found North? Yeah. Um, so we, we actually write basically a full description of what the intention was, what the whiskeys were behind every blend at foundnorthwhiskey.com. Uh, mm-hmm. that's whiskey without an e that was like nice. a two-month debate for our company uh-huh. right? we bottle it we're all americans we bottle it yeah. here in the u.s and it's like but it's but canadian, canadian whiskeys mm-hmm. yeah so we're like okay we're gonna go without the e because we feel like i like that more, well even yeah. even maker's mark goes without the e that's that's because uh, the one really ironic thing is um i believe the original laws written for american whiskey do not have an e oh um, that's cool yeah, yeah. Fun little dig super nerd tidbit, tidbit uh-huh. there. Um, yeah. No, so it's foundnorthwhiskey.com without any, um, f- you know, follow us on Instagram. We we try to release, we try not to just, uh, you know, we don't want everything to just be kind of a, like a thirst trap kind of thing. Totally. You know, it's not yeah, just yeah. like bottles, bottles, bottles. Um, yeah, we try yeah. our Instagram to be kind of informative, even if it's short That's form cool. about what we're trying to do and how we approach the whiskey. So. Uh, yeah, so where where do you ship to? Because I noticed you can buy on your website. So so we have we have to use an ecom provider because uh, like okay. we, uh, from a licensing standpoint, um, totally. we basically like we have an import and production license, but we don't have a retail license. We yeah not allowed to have one. Um, so mm. we use a third party ecom provider through our website, um, cool. and that can get to like forty some odd states. But we That's also great. We also have it um, on now. It might be sold out on Shared Pour right now, but we also have it on okay. Shared Pour and Sealbox, and that actually okay. allows us to get to all fifty states. That's awesome. Um, and then, uh, hey, we're we're also in like twenty states. One of our best markets is Alaska, which is hilarious. Nice. Um, yeah, but we, we, very stupidly, we didn't realize that like the Northern States would really like a whiskey called found North. Uh-huh. Uh, that was <laughs> not great. the intention. Yeah. I mean, it, Ben Klepsig like, is in Wisconsin. Like, yeah. yeah. Wisconsin. Lo- we yeah. sell a lot of whiskey in Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, nice. like upstate New York loves our whiskey, hey. Alaska, Oregon, you know, it's like <laughs> oh, okay. Washington and then Texas because Texas loves whiskey in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. And actually loves well, Canadian whiskey. I believe it actually. Nick, this has been a pleasure. What is uh batch seven and batch eight gonna cost, you know, for batch eight at least? Batch eight, I think will be one sixty ish. Okay. Maybe one sixty nice. change. Yeah. Yeah. And it will That's be awesome. I think eighteen year eighteen year age stated. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And this was one it's funny because you like you buy vintage corn components and then you're blending totally. them and you're like, wait a second, what was the month? And you look at it and it's like, oh, the month was July and it's June. And you're like, uh-huh. you're like, what do I do? Shit. Especially the youngest <laughs> one. Yeah. 
But still, but like brought... eighteen is nothing to nothing to like no. you know bat an eyelash out or whatever. Like twenty some odd year old whiskeys in there as well. It's yeah. kind of a joke, right? It's like that's yeah. sweet. Well, Nick, thank cool, you man. so much, uh, yeah, listeners. I highly recommend Found North, at least from batch seven. Uh, and I'm hoping to hoping to be able to figure out batch eight and uh, and from there on. So uh, I hope we can invite you back in the future, Nick. Oh, I'm ready. Um, but uh, this has been great. And uh, any any last uh, encouragement to our listeners or anything like that before we, we uh, close it up? No, I you know I just uh, no I just want to say thank you. We 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 really appreciate we really appreciate uh, all the folks who were encouraging you. Uh, like uh-huh. we we do. I don't think we've ever we might have paid for like one advertisement once. I don't think we really? paid for a single advertisement ever. Our growth is almost entirely driven word by mouth. like word of mouth podcasters wow. um reddit um, yeah we we do very little of any of the kind of mainstream stuff and so it means a lot it's to good us when your product is out. great so yeah <laughs> that's the, the hope is that you make good enough whiskey that that keeps happening so totally just thank you well and, and thanks everybody yeah. for, for for singing its praises and yeah. getting you to invite us on yeah thanks ben Klepsig. thanks brian rapp yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys and uh yeah nick thank you again we'll close it up here um you know i like to finish with we we call the hopes and uh nick i hope you keep keep making great whiskey i hope uh we can get our hands on batch eight and and the named batch coming up and oh, more so nick i i really uh hope that uh you are still uh you know as as time goes by things just get more and more exciting about the batches that <laughs> out appreciate so. that But most of all, listeners, I hope that our love of whiskey lifted your spirits. To get compared to two different uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection releases (laughs) in one. That's Uh, a high standard. Totally.